from PRX. This is Studio 360. I'm Kurt Anderson. On this week's Studio 360 podcast, a conversation with a writer, mainly of movies, whose stories cover a wide range from a night out that goes horribly wrong for a bunch of young partygoers. On the plus side, the only witnesses are you, me, and him, and I don't think any one of us are going to want to talk about this anytime soon, so I really, really didn't go as bad as it could have. To a southern gothic fantasy world of circus performers and a giant catfish. Others claimed he was a dinosaur left over from the Croatius period. I didn't put any stock into such speculation or superstition. All I knew was I'd been trying to catch that fish since I was a boy no bigger than you. My name is John August. I am a screenwriter. I am also an author. I host a podcast called Script Notes, and I also make software. I do a lot of things. Among other movies, John August wrote two of the Charlie's Angels features and several projects with the director Tim Burton, including Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Not long ago, at the most recent Austin Film Festival, which is focused on writing, he sat in a cozy Victorian room overlooking festival-goers bustling through the lobby of the old Driscoll Hotel and talked about how his career began. I would watch the Oscars and people would get, like, uh, you know, best screenplay, and I, I just didn't even know what a screenplay was. For me, the, there were two sort of light bulb moments. The first one was I was watching War of the Roses, why do you want a divorce? I mean, did, did I do something? Did I, did I not do something? I can't give you specifics, Oliver. Well, try. I don't want to try. I was watching on videotape, and it finished, and I rewound the tape, and then I started playing it again, and I started writing down everything people were saying and what was happening, and I was like, oh, there's a, a plan here. It's like a play, in a way. When I watch you eat... When I see you asleep, when I look at you lately, I just want to smash your face in. Oh, there's, a, there's a, a thing happening here. This was written. This wasn't just sort of made up. Smash my face. Come on. You want to smash my face? <laughs> and then the first screenplay I was actually able to find was Steven Soderbergh's Sex, Lies, and Videotape. <laughs> Isn't this how you get off or something? Taping women talking about their sexual experiences? Yes. Would anyone else see the tape? Absolutely not. Nobody else sees the tapes except for me. So he had done a production diary that also had the script. And so I remember <laughs> opening the script and, and start pressing play on the movie. And it's like, everything they're saying, it's right here in the script. And like the, the actions, like it's all here. This is really the plan for making this movie. How do we start? I turn on the camera and you start talking. I gotta learn how to do this. Like, I love to write. And so I applied to film school, got into film school, uh, drove out to USC and started reading every script I possibly could read. One of the weird things about when you first read a screenplay is it looks really strange. It's this esoteric format. It's ideally a screenplay uh, is the feeling of watching a movie, just it's happening on paper. And in screenplays, you often use we, like we see, we hear, we feel, as if you are sitting beside the reader in the audience watching it happen on the big screen. That's sort of the ideal way you're writing. I think I feel something. It's really smooth, isn't it? Yeah. Donna's brother here is a pharmacist, so uh, he got it for us. The uh, first movie that I got produced was Go. Chip. His name's Chip, um, my brother. 
Uh, I always describe Go as you're in a bad situation. The only way to get out of it is to accelerate. And so people like you never take your foot off the gas. And that's part of the fun of being that age and being in that movie. I can't believe you're selling allergy medicine. Oh, we're out of that. We're down to chewable aspirin. Hey, uh, some people are saying that you got some really good stuff. I was really happy with Go as a script, but if you're a screenwriter who just has written a script that has never been shot, you kind of don't know if your words are going to actually make it on the screen. Like, you don't know if you really wrote a movie or you just were able to write some words on, on paper. And so seeing my scenes go from paper to being filmed in front of me and it going through the edit and, like, sitting in the theater and watching it on a big screen and feeling an audience with it, that's when I realized, like, oh, I didn't write a screenplay, I wrote a movie. You'll hear more from John August in just a minute. But first, I wanted to take this opportunity to remind you to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Studio 360 Show. And now, back to the podcast. Story really comes from character. Plot often comes from the situation. The plot of Raiders of the Lost Ark is... um, an archaeologist must discover this ancient artifact before the Nazis do. Dr. Jones, again we see there is nothing you can possess which I cannot take away. And you thought I'd given up. The story of Raiders of Lost Ark is about Indiana Jones and Marion coming together to save this artifact, but also rekindle a thing they had lost. Not the man I knew 10 years ago. It's not the years, it's the mileage. Story involves the characters. You can, have, you can talk about plot without the characters. You can't talk about story without the characters. In telling the story of my father's life, it's impossible to separate fact from fiction, the man from the myth. So the first movie I worked on with Tim Burton was Big Fish. The best I can do is to tell it the way he told me. It doesn't always make sense, and most of it never happened. And I'd already written the script. We'd had another director on board for a while. Uh, He fell off, Tim said yes, and we were very quickly making the movie. So I didn't get a chance to do a lot of development with him. I was hoping we could talk about some things while I'm here. You mean while I'm here? I just want to know the uh, true versions of things, events, stories. You. Big Fish was the first time I'd written a script that people had an incredibly emotional reaction to the words on the paper. And this here being stuck in bed... Dying is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I thought you said you weren't dying. I said, this isn't how I go. The last part is much more unusual. Trust me on that. And I remember we were in production in Alabama, and I met the woman who's the visual effects supervisor, and she said, I hate you. And I'm like, well, why do you hate me? He's like, because um, you made my life so difficult. They sent me the script for Big Fish to do the budget for, and I could only make it to page 110, and then I started sobbing and crying. So it took her two weeks to finish the script and finish the visual effects budget. And the strange thing is there's not a sad face to be found. Everyone is just so glad to see you. And send you off right. Goodbye, everybody. Farewell, adieu. It's always a challenge when you're working on a book or an adaptation of a TV show or another movie is you have to recognize what is it about that thing that works so well and what is the, at the core fundamental idea and how do you preserve that while recognizing that 
almost everything else may need to change in order for it to make sense. That's where you come in, Angels. Corwin is premiering his Red Star Racer at the California Speedway. That's our chance for a little recon. We should plant a hidden camera on Corwin. Looks like it's off to the races, Angels. With something like Charlie's Angels, I had to look at sort of what was it about Charlie's Angels that spoke to me so much and why did I love it so much? And in talking with Drew Barrymore, who's producing it, we really focused on the feeling of the angels and sort of how proud we were of them. They could be uh, incredibly good at their jobs, but incredible dorks when they're off their jobs. So once we found the tone of it, then we could work on all the really difficult stuff. It's like, well, how are we going to service these three characters and a plot and a villain and a twist and all the mystery of the show? I already have a team rebuilding the office. It'll be better than new by the time you get back. Thank you, Charlie. The first time that I got to work with Tim Burton on a new project was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Dear people of the world, I, Willy Wonka, have decided to allow five children to visit my factory this year. In addition, one of these children shall receive a special prize beyond anything you could ever imagine. I remember in that first meeting with Tim Burton, I said, I always thought Charlie Bucket was so lucky because he lived in this little house with all these people who loved him. Wouldn't it be something, Charlie, to open a bar of candy and find a golden ticket inside? I know, but I only get one bar a year for my birthday. And poor Willy Wonka was off alone, and there's this big, scary factory with the Olympus. That became the core dynamic of that movie. In that one silver hair, I saw reflected my life's work, my factory, my beloved Oompa-Loompas. Who would watch over them after I was gone? I realized in that moment, I must find a hair. And I did, Charlie. You. When I sat down for that lunch with Tim Burton, I said, no, no, I've never seen the Gene Wilder version. I should see it. He almost reached across the, he nearly jumped across the table saying, don't see that movie. And so um, I had just this wonderful gift of ignorance um, that I'd never seen it. I'm Bruno Salt. It's very nice to meet you, sir. I always thought of Aruka was a type of wart you got on the bottom of your foot. <laughs> he came with a book and he said, I want it to be exactly the book and then whatever else you need to do for it to all make sense of the movie. Everything in this room is eatable, even I'm eatable. But that is called cannibalism, my dear children, and is in fact frowned upon in most societies. Yeah. The best thing about screenwriting is the process of making a movie is incredibly collaborative. The worst thing is that it's incredibly collaborative. You can have the best of intentions and the, you know, the best ideas and the best script on the page, but that's not the final product. And so I think sometimes people ascribe blame to the writer when it was really other forces that sort of caused the movie to be what it came to be. Sometimes people don't give enough credit to the screenplay and that the screenplay is the master plan for what that movie is going to be. And so that joke that was really funny, well, somebody wrote that down. Um, that moment that was so affecting, well, yeah, it was affecting on the page, hopefully, as well. That was the screenwriter John August. You can hear more from him about the craft and business of screenwriting on his podcast, Script Notes, which he co-hosts with his fellow writer, Craig Mazin. John's upcoming movie is a live-action remake of Disney's animated Aladdin. It's directed by Guy Ritchie, stars Will Smith as the genie, and it'll be out later this year. Jocelyn Gonzalez produced our story.
Thanks for listening. And you can subscribe to Studio 360 at iTunes or Overcast or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. 